Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Welcome back to another episode of The Juice. I'm your host, Solomon Giorgio, comedian, writer, and the last person you'll see before the end of the world. Today's guest is a comedian, actor, and writer. You know him from his GLAAD Award-nominated sitcom, Take My Wife. He can currently be seen in his Comedy Central half-hour special, A Different Kind of Dude, now streaming on Comedy Central's YouTube channel. Let's give a big, juicy welcome to a gentleman's gentleman, River Butcher. Hey, River. Hi, Hello. Solomon. Hi. Oh, it's good to see you. Rivers, it's such a good name. Thank it's you. such a good, solid. Look, it, it reminds me of, of, a, of a River Phoenix who was an early crush. Yeah, uh, I mean, same. <laughs> look, it's... It's one of those... I mean, this is what I'm learning is like, is one of my favorite crushes is want to be them, want to be with them, both at the same time. <laughs> you know, it's a good crush. I get it. I get it. I, that's, that's, yeah, you do. I look, you see my Beyonce wigs behind me. I do. I get it. Oh, it's the best kind of crush. And it's the one I feel like most people are, are the most afraid of. That's what scares them the most. Cause if you want to be them, then whoa, you know? Yeah. Don't be afraid of is what I say. Yeah. <laughs> Step into don't, it. For the love do of God. not be afraid. Step into but yeah, it. River Phoenix. And I, you know, it's funny. I did another podcast today and he came up on that one. So I was looking online just to just to refresh my memory of his face yeah. and uh, happened to see an Instagram post that was like, and I didn't know this. I've seen my own private Idaho many times, but I didn't realize that the original character, his character of Mike was not intended to actually be gay. You know, they were both just, uh, <laughs> you know, sex workers yeah. and not, you know, because Gus Van Zandt thought that would yeah. be interesting. And it is like it is. that. Yeah. People can have sex in different ways. And like, it's, it's yeah. all very whatever um, open. And, yeah. but he was working with, or like allied with act up at the time and had a good friend Aww. in act up who was like, Hey, it would be really important for us to see somebody like you play a gay character and like realizing that, you know, there's so much of the conversation the other way now, yeah. because I think it's really important, you know, for us <laughs> to get yeah. to play us as opposed to not us, you know, but it's also, you know, nothing is like black and white. So it's like, oh yeah, that's also really powerful too. That it is important. It was necessary, especially since we weren't working at that time, not very many as far. So having yeah, yeah. like, look, it is still in itself. It is a good thing to have people playing queer characters yes yeah great it would be great if it was us but <laughs> yeah of course but mostly honestly <laughs> selfishly i would love to work 
Look, I also agree, but you know what? I've decided that I want to play straight from now on. Uh, give me. Oh God, I would love to play straight. <laughs> oh God, I would. Just... <laughs> I I had to read for a role that was a a straight man, and I was just uh, I truly couldn't I didn't couldn't figure out how to sit. It was, wow. it was wow. a lot of I like, love that. how do you, how do they do that? <laughs> Why <laughs> do I? they do that? Yeah. Oh, they just go straight down. <laughs> yeah. Just fall. Oh, no, I don't know. I just, I, it's so me. trusting of the universe. No, I've, I've, I, I've, I move with grace and, 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 <laughs> of course, yeah. and elegance. And I was like, I don't think, I don't think this is the role and for me. Artistry. <laughs> <laughs> Now, here's the thing is that I've always yep. known you as a very suave and cool looking uh, oh, person. Uh, Solomon, thank you so much. But I keep forgetting. Coming from you. Oh my God, <laughs> that means so much. But also you are, you've, you've happily remind me that you are a hillbilly. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous how much I am a hillbilly. As a kid, I was very obsessed with like uh, the minimal amounts of crime that had existed, like that had happened to my family. Yeah. So like my aunt had had a roommate who stole her identity when I was a kid. And I don't know if you did this as a, it's a very like child thing to do where you like ask to hear the same story over and over again. And that was a story that I wanted to hear over and over <laughs> again. And my mom would like tell me the details of like, yeah, she got her uh, like checkbook and went to the thing and like they had the same address so she could really and, like just, and I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, <laughs> I just like loved it. And then, my mom was uh, like an assistant manager at Joanne Fabrics as I was growing up. And there was somebody who was just like stealing, stealing stuff, like not just money, but like stuff from the store and the mall in general. And I she had given me something that she stole. And I remember just like looking at it and be like, this was stolen. Like, just feeling <laughs> so like, you know, because when you're a kid, it's all very like. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? So it's like I felt like I was part of a big caper or something. Oh, you're you know? so cute. We were stealing for years in my family at that point. Oh yeah, <laughs> we were master thieves. My brother, oh, he would. I, there was actually one point he was he got caught at a Rite Aid uh, with a bunch of stuff that he stole. Yeah, and they were the the security guard was taking him back to the uh, security like to like get him busted and everything. And my brother took everything out of his backpack. So by the time that they got to the back there was room, nothing there. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. That's the level of thieves I, I'm, I was Hell born yeah, into. Hell <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I started stealing at like twelve. You know, oh, I yeah, started see. doing. I, I mean, I was interested in it because I had the bug. You know, yeah. <laughs> to be like, oh, I can't wait to do this. Oh, once you get away with it, you're like, you fool. Oh yeah, you're like, this is. I'm just gonna do this, and I was stealing like cigarettes and stuff because oh, I could. I, was, I knew you were too cool. Especially fuck stealing things I couldn't buy. You know. I, we also stole cigarettes because at the time, uh, listeners, uh, cigarettes were out in the open. Uh, they weren't behind the counter. You can just literally walk up and just put pick a bite, take cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. Out. you could just like nab a pack and sometimes a carton if you wore the right jacket. Yeah. So we are the generation that stopped cigarettes from being out in the open. That's right. <laughs> you can thank us. Yeah. And I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us little thieves. I'm proud of us too. <laughs> And, but the the hillbilly side of my family, not to say that both sides don't have some going on, but I very distinctly have one side of my family <laughs> that is quite literally from West Virginia. So like they're all from there. Um, and so I'm I'm very much I'm not like oh yeah I'm a hillbilly. like I literally you know 
We drank Mountain Dew because it had hillbillies on it, not because it was like extreme. We were like, oh, they made this for us. <laughs> oh, this is just our juice. <laughs> yes, this is for us. And like my grandfather had a license, you know, like a license plate that doesn't have numbers on it. It's just like decorative that literally said eat more possum on it. And that like people would get him like, uh, you know, just like hacky, like cans of possum and stuff. And he thought it was the funniest shit. <laughs> Wait, cans of possum? Yeah, like a fake, like just a can of corn that with a fake label on it or something, you know, that said like canned possum. You have no idea. I don't. I'm not from your part of town, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, no. I, <laughs> I was like, these are. I'm learning so many things. It's just so specific to itself, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> so you're Akron, right? Akron, yeah. And I'm not. So, like, what is the population? Like, is it a bit? Is it a decent size? Because it feels like it's like one of the bigger Ohio cities. It is. Yeah. It's it's like two hundred fifty thousand. That's still, yeah, that's not that big. <laughs> no, but it's also, it's not like, yeah, a, it's not, it's, ty- it's it's not, not a small a town. town, you yeah. know, it's like, it's a small city, you know, I don't think that's a lot. I live in Los Angeles. I get that. It's yeah. like it literally living in the neighborhood that I live in, that you used to live in. I am living in Akron, <laughs> you know, like that's, I, that's when I moved here. I was like, oh my God, this is, a, I am back home. Like it, it, that's why I love it so much. Cause there's like cars up on blocks and shit. And I'm like, oh, oh my true. God, I'm literally back home. <laughs> I think yeah. Well, I, like the street that I lived off of uh, was like every. There's the one with all the classic cars that are just not. Oh that yeah. have not moved. I've been there for yep. ten years, and those cars. Oh yeah, I know that one. Did yeah. not move. <laughs> yeah, they didn't move at all. I'm like, do you, you guys could be making so much money renting these out for picture cars? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you could just be cashing in on this. I'm I'm assuming that that's what they're. I have no idea. Like, they're all. But like, they never move. You're right. It they're has never to be not the same person. I can't imagine there being 15 oh, classic yeah. cars on one specific street that belong to 15 different 15 people. Different people. <laughs> yeah. No, there. I live down the street for it's. It's very much uh, this neighborhood, which is very. It's very similar to where I grew up. There's a dude with I think six different Corvettes yeah. plus two trucks and then the vehicle he drives, you know, like they're not, they don't move. They don't, they only move around the neighborhood when there's like road work or whatever happening. Oh, I know? forgot. I was just, there's one day that I was just standing on my porch in Highland park and a guy, I like, cause I have like a, I have, it's an alleyway, but it's a two way street for no good reason. Yeah. Uh, and out of nowhere, a guy just in a horse with AirPods, <laughs> 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 the man's wearing AirPods, not the horse. That would have been even yeah, better. Uh, but. Yeah. <laughs> Those would be called Maripods. Yeah. Hey. Oh, here we go. <laughs> All right. Now, can you paint me a picture of, of this this Akron city? I, because I've never been to, I've only been to Ohio once and I've only yeah. been to Columbus. Like, it's like, what's the vibe in Akron? It's not so different than Columbus, but if you're from Akron, you're like, we're very different than yeah. Columbus. Um, and so it is like 30 minutes, almost directly south of Cleveland. Uh, and it's like two hours northeast of Columbus to give you a, a sort of geographical thing. We have, you know, Columbus is Ohio State University. And that is like basically the town at this point. But we have the University of Akron, which I guess, well, at least when I was living there, was like the number one or number two employer of the city. Um, and then the other businesses are the hospitals, <laughs> um, which I realize now is terrifying. <laughs> you know, so the city was built like rebuilt. It had canals. It was like one of those places. And then they like sort of were like, this is not the future. You know, the Industrial Revolution happened. Um, and then once cars were invented, our big thing is that um, 
a bunch of people, but specifically this guy named F.A. Cyberling, posted up in Akron and started rubber companies there. (laughs) And so Firestone and Goodyear uh, are still headquartered there, but they manufactured there um, for a long, long time. And that's what built that town. Like the streets are named after these things. Like the neighborhoods are essentially just like housing tracks for the different class levels of those jobs. You know, so it's wild. When you drive through the town, you realize like, oh, this was the executives. Oh, this is where the tire, like the factory workers lived. And then you just, and then you're like, oh, this is where the people who serviced all these other people lived, you know? And you just see like, oh, this is the class structure physically built into the town. This is a quote from David Giffels, uh, who's an author who still lives in Akron and, and one of my favorite authors. He was like, if you were a lawyer in Akron from the 40s to the 70s, you were a lawyer for a tire company. Like you didn't, you weren't doing other work, you know? It was just that pervasive. Like, Well, so they're getting sued a lot, I'm assuming. <laughs> a, a lot, yeah. And so the also the other thing specific to Akron is uh, it's not like where rubber companies started. It was like a hot commodity at the time, but it is where the vulcanization of rubber was invented. Um, so we have like a lot of polymer science like located at the school and stuff. I know this is like the the corniest, tokiest <laughs> thing, but it's like it is true of my city. Like the whole thing is built around it, but. You know, yeah, then we're, everything. We're, we're a rubber city. Uh, we're proud of our rubber. Uh, that's we'll never it. Not be proud of our rubber. And and nobody in Akron thinks that's like a double entendre at all. You'll be like, yeah, the rubber city, and people laugh, and you're like, what's so funny about that? Because <laughs> you're just so used to it, you know? Yeah, because like the rest of us are like, yeah, I'm rubber, you're glue, and but you are rubber. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we quite literally are rubber. <laughs> rubber. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the reason why I'm a hillbilly in Akron, and there's a lot of hillbillies in Akron, is. Uh, when this big boom happened um, around the time of World War II and stuff, because think of all the tire manufacturing for that stuff, um, a bunch of people who did not want to go into mines in West Virginia were like, I'm going to go up there and work on the ground level. (laughs) I love love this. I love that there's there's a relative of yours that was in a mine going, you know what? We can do better than this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't really want to do this. Well, because I had, you know, my dad's side, there's like five brothers or something like that, four or five brothers. And my grandfather was like the second, he was the oldest brother. So he was just seeing everybody doing this. And he was like, I'm, I do not want to do that. <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't actually want to do that. So, <laughs> and then a lot of people had the same idea. There's like a joke that uh, people tell, which is like, what's the capital of West Virginia? Akron, Ohio, because <laughs> like most, oh, so many people left during what a that very generation. specific joke. To- <laughs> it is. The, you know where I can perform that? Akron, Akron Ohio. Ohio. That's about it. In West Virginia. In, but you went to private school, right? I did. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Catholic, I'm assuming. It was not my choice. You know, no one ever chooses. No. And I think, you know, my mom was trying to do the best she could because she I grew up in the same neighborhood yeah. that she grew up in and she had a really uh, not great experience and I also get it and weirdly because of you know redlining segregation all those things I actually think I went to like a more diverse school for that reason um, because it was a non-parochial Catholic school the big reason that my mom sent me there was because it was, uh, you know, like gender segregated, supposedly, obviously. Um, 
And that was like the big yeah. thing is that she wanted me to, you know, because we're talking about like 1987, yeah. <laughs> 88, you know, like, and it was, it was wild to go to that school and then go to another school that was co-ed. And I remember, I distinctly remember like the first or second day in class and the teacher posing a question, this is like eighth grade yeah. or something. And I, I was the first person to raise my hand and I watched her wait for boys to raise their hands. And I was like, I remember being like, my mom was right. <laughs> oh my God. Because she was telling me all these things about double standards and all that yeah. stuff, which honestly, as a trans guy, like looking back, living my life, very confusing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very true, but also very deeply confusing, you know? Um, but I remember because I wasn't around it, I only saw it, you know, on television or whatever. So then I actually lived it. And I was like, oh, shit, she's seriously right about this. You know, it was like very wild. It's like I'm like there were so many days like I remember when they separated us uh, during sex ed. And I was like, what are we mm -hmm. what is like? I think everyone should know what a period is and how to take care yeah. of it. Like, why am I like I think it was like not until like freshman year. Did we get the period talk at all? I'm like, that's a insane way. Way so late, <laughs> way too late. Everybody's already interfaced with it and made their decisions. Yeah. And made the decisions, unwillingness to learn. Uh, yeah, it's insane to me. I, we went to like a, we went to like a, there's a downtown, there was a center downtown of like sex education, which is crazy to think about that that even exists yeah. in Akron. But um, I remember them being like, oh, well, we don't have to go to the other side. Like, we don't have to show you this thing. And it's like, it's literally sex education. And we got, we don't want you guys to know how it works. We're going to show you how you work but we're not going to show you the possibilities of all of this. We're, we're, we're going to barely show you how you work. <laughs> we're going to barely show you how you work. I remember like the lights, they had an ovulation. Like it was like a, like, I don't know, like a beer sign. Basically, you know, those like signs that the waterfall is like moving, yeah. like a core sign or whatever. But it was that for ovulation and a bunch of the lights were out on the thing. So I was just like, I don't understand this. Please explain this to me more. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, so this is a show about gossip, and like, clearly I love it. Um, I've never been to a private school. What is, what is like, how do they, do they is like always like a lot of secrets rolling about? Is there clicks? Mm -hmm. I don't, like, what's the rules? I mean, there was definitely so many clicks, and I feel like um, when I was in the, the elementary school, it was very, like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the, the lack of co-ed had a lot of benefits um, because you just were there for education, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, and like there was no like, uh, I don't know. I just didn't have to deal with being told I was less than for some reason that didn't make sense to me. Um, <clears throat> but I also think that because it, it just, you know, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's hard to say it in a way that sounds like, um, I don't know, sensitive to gender variance and everything, but because there were no like quote boys there, um, there be. I don't know, maybe it would have been worse and we would have fought over those other things, but I just feel like there was this moment, and I think it's just kids in general. I don't think it's actually very gendered, but it just got so intense, you know? It got so intensely like, these people don't like these people, and this is just, and I like left, and I got homeschooled for a year. Wow. <laughs> Which meant I just was watching TV every day. <laughs> Because my mom was working. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the point you're trying to make is that a matriarchal society uh, is always going to be the more peaceful. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> but I think I, the, here's the other twist, though, is that 
a matriarchal society within a patriarchal structure. When you take women, I'm going to just speak very like <laughs> generally without all the th- qualifiers and things. Uh, when you just place women into that system, it not that much changes, you know? Some things change. You're treated a little bit differently and perhaps other things are consider- considered and stuff, but the basic structure <laughs> is still a patriarchal hierarchical one, you know? And and it was like, you know, a majority white school. Even though, I, you know, for me, it was diverse to me, but I <laughs> was in the majority of, you know, yeah. people. So it's like all those things remain the same, but you just place, it's like yellow jackets. Wait, so you left school for homeschooling? Yeah, for one year. They were just that fucking obnoxious? Yeah, and like, I, you know, my mom was doing the best she could. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I look back and I'm just like, oh yeah, we just didn't know. Because, you know, you can't... um the only public school options that I had were the ones I could go to where I lived. And yeah. that was just like not going to happen. Work-wise, uh, in this wonderful town, like what kind of jobs are available for for Teen River? Uh, I mean, I, I remember not many, you know. I, it was very hard to work in Akron, I feel like. Um, and it's just like, it was like a constant, uh, I don't know, fear there. Yeah. At least... You know, I was going, that was the other thing is I was going to school with people whose like moms didn't work and who, or their moms were lawyers or like people are lawyers or educators or what bankers or whatever. And like my mom worked retail and my dad was pushing a broom to work his way up to welding. You know, like I had like economic insecurity fear constantly. And so I went to that school, but I never like really set my sights on those things because I just didn't have that at home. You know, it's like important to to feel that in all those places. So I also didn't shoot very high. And so all the jobs, it was just retail. And not that there's anything wrong with retail. Retail is quite literally like the factory work of today. Retail is where I thrived. I I worked, I, I moved out of retail probably like later on in life, but like I worked in the suit department at a JCPenney. Uh, and I was, and that's what's why I started smoking cigarettes because all the women in the perfume department would go smoke cigarettes. Yeah, it's uh, the only way you get a break. Oh yeah, it's like the army. <laughs> oh, they would also like they they smoke cloves, and I'd be like, "This is oh, cool." Oh wow, yeah. And then they'd watch Passions, and I'm like, "Even better." And oh then my they god, would, Passions. And they would talk about they would talk shit about the men in business casual, and I was like, "Even better." Like this is my Incredible. this is my home space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely I feel like um, in terms of like class, I came from people who like. Or like my group, my actual group of people, of friends and stuff. It was like you went into retail yeah. or the service industry. And I was like, I'm a retail guy. <laughs> See, I did both. You know? I was like, you know yeah. what? I'm not going to choose. I'm going to have both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first retail job? My first retail job was a lucky one. It was in a skate shop. Oh. So it was not terrible. But what's wild, Solomon, is that um, like a couple owned it. So it was very small. But it's skate shop. That is, that's actually would have been the coolest job. And, it is the coolest and job. And like that is like, this is like what, the late 90s? It was, yeah. I was 16, so it was 1998. I'd have been so jealous of you because I was working at Subway and all my friends were skaters at the time. None of them worked at a skate shop. And oh God, that culture, I tell that those guys are still, did you skateboard yourself? I did, yeah. Of course you did, River. Of course you skateboarded. (laughs) Of course you're fucking cool. (laughs) Of course I did. Yeah, I'm a cool guy. I so here's a funny story about getting that job too. I went in there with my mom and to ask 
if I if they needed anybody to work there. And they were he the guy was like, No, we don't need anybody. And then and I think I had like seen or heard that they were hiring people. And so then I was like, you know what? I don't know where I got this idea, but I was like, I'm gonna email him and just say, like, hey, I'm wondering if you guys need any help. You know, I'm a 16-year-old skateboarder, blah, blah, blah. You know, but I didn't say <laughs> I am uh I you guys think I'm a woman, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say any of that. And he was like, oh, yeah, come on down, fill out an application and all this stuff. And then I showed up and he was like, oh, God. Because <laughs> I, I got him. Yeah. I, like got, I got him. I thought, he was telling uh-huh. me no <laughs> just based on his gender perception yeah. of me and his wife, who I formed a really fun you yeah. know, friendship with. Uh, she was like the one that convinced him to hire me because she was like, oh, they're probably more trustworthy and all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at River making waves. Uh, <laughs> making waves. Sting operations. <laughs> I remember the first time I was asked to do an email and how how terrifying it's like, oh, yeah. somebody will be able to read this on the other side? That sounds... On the other side? Where's the other side at? <laughs> <laughs> like as I like an introduction to... Uh, to internet class. I was in my ninth grade mm. year. We had an introduction to the internet to show us how it worked. And it's like, it's for research. I'm like, yeah, well, sure, yeah, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this is for, for sex. <laughs> I don't know about that other stuff you took us into different rooms for, but this, this is for sex. This is going to teach me the most about sex that I've ever been taught in my entire I'm life. The size of uteruses. Oh, oh I'm going to see so many blown out buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to believe it. <laughs> what an invention well that's a that's a very sweet sentiment but now we're about to go right back into more gossip okay river it's time to read a couple of the juicy submissions we get from our listeners it's mailbag time it is mailbag time all right so here's the here's the first submission um when i was 13 years old I had a dead mouse sent to me in the mail. My name and address were listed. There was no return address. And to this day, I have no idea who sent it to me. I was 13, didn't have any known enemies, and did not know anyone in Westchester, Pennsylvania, where the package was sent from. To this day, I have no fucking idea why this happened. Whoa. Whoa. That's so (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) That would, the rest of your life? You just think about it. That little rat would just... Just dance across your consciousness every now and then. What a way to get at somebody. That is insane. Like, Solomon, do you think it could truly just be a random act of, like, vandalism? True, but I was like a 13-year-old. Like, I'm like, what's going on? Well, that's why, that's kind of why I'm like, maybe it's a random thing. Might be a random thing. Also, maybe, I don't know, what what. What are their parents like? I want to. I want to know if they were. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. How do I get the, this? Yeah. What did the parents say about? How did this? I? How do I keep this kid in check? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna drive to Westchester. Yes. <laughs> I'm just taking a business trip to Westchester. See. You. Be right back. <laughs> but wow, I've never. I've yeah, the, the very concept of putting a dead animal in something and sending it to somebody else. That is really. Leave animals out of this, especially dead ones. <laughs> That's re- that's super creepy. Like, there's so much to this. I just, I would, I would, un- this would unravel me as a person, and I'm very glad it never happened to me and to the person who yeah. did to deal with this. Um, good luck to you and the rest of your life. Um, you are, you're gonna. <laughs> I hope you're. Like, I hope you're eating yeah, healthy. I hope you found the healing <laughs> that you need. <laughs> I hope you have a therapist that's do that's a very very good at their job. <laughs> wow, dude, that's that's so wild. 
Yeah, I'm unraveling as I'm reading about it. I just cannot imagine having to be the... Living with that for the whole time? Yeah, I've never had anyone that mad at me. No. It's really very like annoying. Disgu- I mean, I feel like I have, but they've never done that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've upset some people, but not, not, to, the, not to the point not of to hating me forever. to the dead mouse in the mail no. <laughs> position. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm very, like, I'm very, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm sad because it was sort of been a lifelong goal of mine to have arch nemesis who uh, yeah. focus nothing but hate on me on a daily basis mm. so I can continue thriving in front of them. But How do you know that you don't have one? I don't. I know I don't because a lot of people just go about their business around me. And I think that's disrespectful. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty awful. I've, there's very, I've, I've seen very few people fume around me. And honestly, mm. I might also be terrible at reading people. But I guess what I'm posing, Solomon, is that your arch nemesis might be out there and not in your, in your general, in your area. But what you're saying is that's a requirement for you, for this dream to come true, is that it need, they need to be in your Yeah, if somebody hates me and I can't see it, then what's the point? It's not an arch nemesis. It's really just... Because you don't know about it. It's just just some person. And Mm. that... Mm -hmm. that, Well, I have a proposal for you, Solomon. Yeah, I'm listening. Pick a person in your life. (laughs) Kill a mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Put it in a package and send it to this person in the mail. But... Put your name on the package. <laughs> and I think your dreams will come true. And I assure you, this person will be 13 years old. I <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you want to get, you know, you're running out of time for this arch nemesis. You got to get in there early with somebody. Oh. <laughs> All right, so this is the uh, next little uh, gossip. When I was in college, uh, my guy friends had a tradition of going to a strip club at the beginning of the year for bonding. And usually the group of girls would go along too. The night we went, a bunch of us got high first, including me. As we are standing in line, I noticed that the man in front of us was my uncle by marriage's brother. So uncle adjacent. Uh, this, man, yeah. <laughs> this man lived in my hometown, which is an hour drive from where I went to college. And I grew up in a pretty Christian subculture in the Midwest. So this man, who I would see at my aunt and uncle's barbecue parties, drove an hour to go to a strip club where he could be anonymous. My uncle is one of four brothers and they all look alike to me. So it took me a few years to be confident of which one it was. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but I am confident now he was the married one with kids. He didn't stay very long, so I'm guessing he saw me and bolted, and I didn't want to interact with him either. So I'm sure he was just hoping I didn't notice him. I told a few of my friends when I was there, since I was high (laughs) and freaking out a bit, but never told anyone in my family. I don't know what was going on in his life that he needed to drive an hour to go to a strip club anonymously, but he's still married, and I still see him occasionally as extended family events. I mean, I think they kind of nailed it with the, I think he drove an hour to be anonymous. It's like, yeah, yep, I think that's pretty much it. (laughs) And honestly, what I'm most sad about is that the writer didn't use this to con or blackmail him in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, you didn't use it at all. This is leverage. It's a missed opportunity. Yeah, and it's probably too late now. <laughs> it's definitely too late. Now. Well, not in a Christian community. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> I also love that that she mentioned that they got high. Uh, <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. like, it's a lovely part of the story, but it's not pertinent, but I love that. It was still, it's not pertinent I was a little high, so I don't know which one it was. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, it was one of them. Hey, friend, I'm not a cop, so I'm not looking for like specifics here. But I, it was just funny to me that they're like, he's still married. Like, like, yeah, yeah. A well, that's the culture like growing up in. People, I know, I it's, know. It's just very wild. It's like, hello, it's it's 2022. I know that's not the year they went. Yeah, come on. Like, it's truly the least entertaining way to be around a nude body is at a strip club. <laughs> 
Unless they're like great dancers, in which case that might be it. That's probably why you drove an hour. They were like, no, they're really good. No, they they dance really well. I come here for the dancing. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of the gayest things you've ever said, <laughs> That's why I would go. <laughs> for the outfits. I'm here no, for put the- it back on. Put it back on. Also, Tripper heels are actually way more comfortable than people think. They're more comfortable than standard heels. The platform that they have up front actually makes yeah. it uh, easier. It makes it easier, but also it's like, so let's say it's a six inch heel and you wear like a, a regular six inch heel in real life with no platform. Right. Then you're on the six. But if you're wearing a six inch heel with a three inch front platform. Oh, it's just you're like wearing a three, a three inch, inch heel. heel. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. So that's <laughs> so it's like they're not they're not there's actually easier to walk in than a standard heel would be. Yeah. So I have respect for the clear heel because they are making life easier for the, oh, for yeah, the world out 100%. there. Oh, yeah. 100%. Take care of those legs. <laughs> <laughs> And that's that's how I decided to end this segment with. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Take care of those legs. Take care of those, Take legs. Care of those legs. Buy some stripper heels. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the mailbag. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with the juice slide. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off. Shirts activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Howdy, Adam here from Peak Design. We make backpacks, pouches, phone cases, the kind of stuff that you use every day of your life. And guess what? Our bags are fair trade certified, guaranteed for life, and really well made. So here's my offer. If you find a Peak Design product you like, get it for 20% off. Visit peakdesign.com slash podcast. That's P-E-A-K design.com slash podcast for 20% off your first Peak Design order. Thanks for checking us out. And welcome back to The Juice. I'm here with the hilarious, the wonderful River Butcher. All right, River, now's the time in our show when we go to the phone. We call it The Juice Line. And I'm hearing from our board operator that today's caller is Alexis. Let's patch her in. Welcome, Alexis. Hi, Alexis. How are you? Hey there. I'm a little nervous, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need to be nervous. It's me and River, and we're very, very gentle individuals. <laughs> <laughs> Big sweethearts that just love storytelling from people who have stories to tell us. <laughs> That's right. If you want to share, we're all all ears. Okay, so I'm going to break down a little bit of a family tree to start because otherwise life will get really confusing. <laughs> oh man, I love a good I map. Love yeah, maps. we need it. We need a flow chart. Character Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my husband's uncle. So my uncle-in-law. Yes. And so my husband and his side of the family, they're all originally from an Eastern European country, non-specific. 
<laughs> for anonymity I purposes. Love it. Nice and general. Love it. Um, several years ago, when I first started dating my husband, we went back to his home country for Christmas um, so I could meet his family for the first time. And so I was expecting to meet his parents and his brother. And we get to the house and there's another couple about the same age as his parents there. And I ask him like, oh, who are these people? He says, that's my aunt and uncle. And the uncle had two black eyes. Whoa. What? Clearly had been beaten. So naturally I ask, is he okay? (laughs) Um, And so the story that was told is that he was mugged on the street from these people that um, heard that he had kids living in the United States and were like, oh, he's rich. He has money. Oh. So that's a weird story already. Yeah, that's a very, what, a, what, what why would these people know this information? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then fast forward a little bit. And one day my husband tells me, he goes, hey, remember when he met my uncle and he had like gotten beaten up? And he said, how could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> For the rest of my life, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, well, my mom told me the real story today. I love a real story, you know? It's my favorite thing in the world. So the real story is that he was sleeping with a mafia boss's wife. Whoa. And mafia boss warned him, like, stay away from her. And he did not. So he got his ass kicked by some mafia guys. Wow. And it was just two black guys. Wow, that is a lucky dude. (laughs) (laughs) So like, A, first of all, I just have to say, to get a warning from the mafia for doing that. You know, like a verbal warning. <laughs> Pretty lucky guy. That might be where the first black guy came from. Oh, <laughs> that sure, was the yeah. warning. And then the second one. I'm just like, how does he not have broken legs? Excellent point. But we're not done, guys. Oh, we're not done. Yes, I love this. I love this so much. <laughs> Silly me to think that that was the ending of this story. I know, right? Fast forward a few more years and cousin-in-law... Mm-hmm. came to visit with his wife. So I'm chatting with her and she's telling me how she has a difficult relationship with her in-laws and different things. And she mentioned how, like, when she's with her father-in-law, the uncle, mm-hmm. he doesn't look at her. He won't speak to her. And she said it makes her feel really uncomfortable, of course. And so she finally asked one day, like, why doesn't he, like, look at me or talk to me? And he says, it's disrespectful to look at another man's wife. Uh. And so, you guys, when she tells me this, I just, like, bust out laughing. And I'm like, (laughs) this guy? Wow. But her face, I could tell she didn't know. And she's like, wait, what? what?" And I was like, um... (laughs) You remember a few years ago when he got beat up? And she's like, yeah, I know all about it. And I'm like, do you? (laughs) So this is the story that uncle-in-law told to his kids. He told them that he was kidnapped and held for ransom. But he fought them off and he escaped. Wow. This man in his 70s went full Jason Bourne and escaped. <laughs> and she said, so what more details do you know? 
like just a few. So I told her the version that I knew. And she goes, that makes so much more sense. (laughs) (laughs) That makes so much more sense. Yeah. And so to this day, I I don't think she's told her husband. So the Oh my god. I don't think she's I don't think she's told her husband. So now basically everybody knows the truth except for his two kids. Wow. Maybe they'll listen to this podcast. I wouldn't let them. I'm not going to let them. I wouldn't. wouldn't. They're not allowed. (laughs) I want them to not know for the rest of their lives. (laughs) I I truly, I want to know how many different stories he told. That is, that is the, that's the layer cake that I want. I mean, I feel like there's at least five, a minimum of five, Solomon. That would be my guess. people he told at work, at the store. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. There's at least one for each eye and then double that. (laughs) And add That's another one. So you know? eleven. That's a, almost a baker's a baker's <laughs> yeah, dozen. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Double, double that. that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that is a great tale to tell, and I hope I hope he keeps weaving lies. And it's oh, thank you so much, Alexis. I appreciate that so much. Great story, Thanks Alexis. Thanks for letting me tell it. <laughs> thank you for pushing through your nerves to tell us it. <laughs> yeah, great job. Well, may you have a wonderful day in your um, home city in this Pacific country. <laughs> yes. Very anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Alexis. Bye, Alexis. Wow. Oh, my God. I mean, anything with two black guys, you know, one black guy is always like startling, but two black guys is like, what the shit? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's just like somebody meant that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They did it twice. (laughs) Like the only black guy I've ever gotten was by walking into something. So it's always, and I, and I think I lied about it then too. (laughs) Yeah. I never had a black guy. I got my friend and I were pretending to like fight, you know, one time and doing like the Batman and Joker scene from the original movie. And they hit me by accident, Uh but I never, I like, there was a big part of me that was like, come on, turn into a black guy. It never did. And I lied to my mom and said we were doing a dance routine (laughs) because my mom was very like anti-violence. Like I was not allowed to play violent video games or like have guns and stuff like that. So like even just pretending to fight was like off the table. Wow. We were, my dad cleared the living room so we could wrestle. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, all right, you get that corner, you get over that other corner and your skinny asses are going to fight this out. (laughs) Fight this out. Hell yeah. I love that. Thank you so much again. Whatever. I really appreciate you being here. Oh my God. Thanks for having me. Well, that's the one and only River Butcher. His album, Pull Yourself Up by Your Bootleg, live in Denver, is available for download. And be sure and watch his new comedy special, A Different Kind of Dude, now streaming on YouTube. And as always, if you want to tell your story on the juice, send them in by visiting teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. Please remember to rate and review in Apple Podcasts. Give us all the stars. Pretty please. The Juice is produced by Nick Liao, Jen Samples, and Lisa Berm. Executive producers are Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Solitaroff. Music by Eduardo Perez and mixing by Will Beckton. Booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Maddie Ogden. Thanks for listening, and as always, have a juicy day. This has been a Team Coco production. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, 
activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 